We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation. The Knicks have made another addition to Tom Thibodeau's coaching staff, and he's a young upstart, 32-year-old coach named Johnny Bryant. Knicks have named Johnny Bryant the new associate head coach of the New York Knicks. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk to Jazz Insider Ben Anderson uh, to give us a lowdown all about Johnny and what he's going to bring to the team. So once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, ben, welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. So uh, the purge of the Utah Jazz continues. A couple months ago, it was Walt Perrin being added to the staff, and now it's Johnny Bryant. Uh, tell us a little bit about Johnny Bryant and what he'll bring to the club. Uh, Johnny's kind of an issue. He's a developmental coach. Now, that's kind of the case with every Utah Jazz assistant right now. That's one thing that Quinn Snyder is really looking for. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need – he doesn't hire old head coaches. You know, he's not looking for the veteran on the bench to come in and kind of – tell them how to do things the old way. He likes to have young guys who are going to put in, you know, 70, 80 hours a week at least uh, as they kind of prepare game plans. Then, of course, uh, develop some of their other players. And that's been really Johnny Bryant's big thing for the Jazz when he came in. He's been working with Donovan Mitchell a lot. He worked with Paul Millsap when he was here with the Jazz. So that's certainly his MO with the team. And it's kind of worked his way up. I don't know if he's the number two guy on the Quinn Snyder's bench. Quinn doesn't really do it like that. He just kind of has a rotating bench of, of a lot of people. And the longer, the more seniority you have, kind of the further up the bench you move. But uh, he's been with the Jazz for a long time and uh, is very well regarded here in the state, and certainly nationally as well. Hard not to make the John, uh, the Donovan Mitchell link when you factor in Leon Rose's old age in this year. Now you have Walt Perrin, the guy who scouted and, and wanted to draft him here, and now one of his close friends. Um, talk a little bit about the relationship between Johnny Bryan and, and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, so the, the way Quinn Snyder likes to do it, and he has one of the bigger assistant coaching staffs in the NBA, uh, each, co or each coach is probably assigned, you know, two or three players on the Jazz, uh, on the jazz bench. So Johnny Bryant has worked a lot with Donovan Mitchell since he's come in a couple of years ago. And so when we walk in uh, after practice and we're waiting to interview the players, you can see each individual coach working with their specific players. And Johnny Bryant, Donovan Mitchell are usually together, whether it's working on shooting, whether it's working on a floater that Donovan Mitchell's been working on for a long time. 
uh, you can see that kind of they're, you know, they're guys that they're certainly have been working together now for a few years. And on top of that, I mean, I think you could see it on Donovan Mitchell's Instagram page. If you haven't checked it yet, he certainly had a nice ode to, uh, to, to Johnny today of just, you know, them hanging out before games, after games, during practice, you can just see that relationship is close uh, and they've got a bond. It's going to be a loss for the jazz for sure. But, you know, I imagine that's something that's going to stick with Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the naysayers are, are going to speculate that this is likely a move to try to, you know, spur Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks down the road. But I mean, contractually, though, I, you know, I, I can't see him not, uh, you know, signing a max contract with the Jazz. I mean, what do you think about his contract situation and sticking around with the Jazz in the long term? Yeah, so Donovan's eligible to sign a max contract extension this summer, though that technically uh, wouldn't kick in until next summer. Uh, so the Jazz will give him a max contract the day that they get eliminated from the playoffs, or you know, I, I guess October nineteenth, as soon as a, uh, as soon as they're eligible to start signing contract extensions, the Jazz will have it on his desk and ready for him to sign, assuming he's willing to do it. Now, is he going to take the five years? Is he going to take three years? I think those are questions. Uh, for the Jazz that they're going to have. I, I think they're going to assume he's going to take the five years. And then if you want out, you find a way to push yourself out the way Anthony Davis has in the past, uh, you know, with the New Orleans Pelicans. They wanted to move on from him before he could leave in free agency. So I, I think Donovan's going to sign the contract. Jazz are going to be happy to give him the contract. And then you just hope for the best. You hope that relationship stays really good. And if it doesn't stay good, then you move him if you have to. Yeah. So, I mean, in other words, for the Knicks, I mean, it, it's either, you know, package up the whole house or you're going to have to wait a couple of years. I mean, this is like people are saying, this is, this is four or five years down the road anyway. Yeah. I, I don't think it's something that's on the horizon, the jazz moving Donovan Mitchell, unless something goes absolutely horrifically wrong. And you know, they're building this franchise around him. They're giving him the keys to the franchise. So I, I don't see a situation where that's necessarily going to happen, but you know, things go wrong. Things do change very quickly in the NBA. You get recruited by the right team or, or, you know, something goes wrong with teammates or a coaching staff. It can certainly happen. So I think one of the things we're going to start to see in the future of the NBA is teams positioning themselves to be ready in case there's a fallout of a player, in case somebody becomes available to say, hey, we want to go out. And you remember James Harden was available to the Houston Rockets or Anthony Davis is now available to go uh, and join the Lakers. I think that's something you're going to see more often. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, from a Knicks standpoint, they, they shouldn't be waiting on them. They need to get their own development side of the house together. And it seems like that's what Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose are doing, you know, and bringing in Kenny Payne from Kentucky, a developmental focus, uh, bringing in a, a young upstart like a, like a Johnny Bryant, who, again, uh, has a, a knack for player development. I mean, I, I think, you know, to, to just say that this is a Donovan Mitchell move is, is sort of selling Johnny Bryant short. I mean, you be the judge, you know, you, you've covered the team for a number of years, but based on, on my research, it seems like a guy like a Johnny Bryant is really an upstart coach who um, has kind of been moving from the player development side of things to really getting into game tactics as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, I mean, like I said, he, he went to the university of Utah here locally uh, after he finished school. I mean, he was just kind of that guy that every college team has six foot tall, hits 45% from the three-point line, but really doesn't have a pro future unless he wants to go play overseas. So he, he was hanging out in Utah and working with Ronnie Price, if you remember him, longtime mm -hmm. NBA player, uh, and then ended up working with Paul Millsap a little bit when Millsap was on the Jazz in the offseason. And the Jazz were so impressed with the work he was doing privately that they brought him in in Quinn Snyder's staff. So, I mean, it's a testament to who he was as a player development coach before he even joined the Jazz that he got hired. And then from getting hired, he just continued to kind of grow up the bench, move up the bench, 
uh, and stayed with the Jazz. And then, you know, this is an elite job. Getting an assistant head coaching job or, or you know, an associate head coaching job is a big deal. So I, it's not like it's only a Donovan Mitchell ploy or if they don't get Donovan Mitchell that this was a bad hire. And we've, we see teams do that. They'll make weird hires to try and uh, get somebody in free agency. Knicks are going to be happy with this move regardless. Yeah, absolutely, man. Look, looking forward to uh, seeing how he um, works with some of our young guys, R.J. Barrett and uh, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina as well. And, and hey, we got the lottery coming up on Thursday, so cross our fingers. Hopefully it'll be another uh, impact player to, to help move this team forward. Uh, but, you know, your Jazz are right now currently in the bubble, you know, trying to survive. They had a spectacular game one overtime loss to the Nuggets, in which aspire to drop 57 points. Uh, what do you see out of the Jazz in this series, and um, what, what do you think about the the outcome? You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they can get Mike Conley back. He's back in the bubble now, and I think they're certainly hoping to have him back by Friday for Game 3. It's hard to need those heroics from Donovan Mitchell every night because he's not going to give you 57. I mean, you know, Dame is, clo- is as close as you can get to doing that. And he'll go 60 one night and 40 yeah. the other. So maybe it's possible. And, and Donovan Mitchell's probably going to try and put that workload on his back. But he might be just as prone as going 10 of 35 in a game as he is to go off for 57 points again. So the Jazz are, Jazz are in a tough matchup right now with the Nuggets, obviously. And, and they're going to need more help around Donovan until Mike Conley gets back. And then that just means Rudy Gobert's got to step up. He was good in game one, but he wasn't as good as he can be. The bench really wasn't very good. They need more production from Jordan Clarkson. So they're, they're going to have a chance in this series. I wouldn't count them out because they lost game one. And yeah. certainly the Jazz don't feel like they're up against the wall. But uh, they're going to need to get Mike Conley back to make up for that loss of Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. And, and you know, Conley obviously gets gets the troops rallied. And you're missing your sharpshooter in Bogdanovich. But, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about the bubble is that, you know, you take away the crowd. You take away the travel time. I mean, it, it's really hard to gauge you know, who's really going to come out of this thing on top? Because, again, you take away those elements. And, and to me, it, it really uh, evens the playing field a little bit where, in my opinion, it's going to be the hottest team that comes out of this thing and not necessarily the best. Yeah, and one of my theories that I'm kind of starting to develop because we're seeing these kind of epic games and even Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell were doing it of these players hitting just ridiculous shots late in the games like it's a scrimmage. Yeah. Well, it kind of is a scrimmage, right? There's no fans there. I mean, this isn't it. Everyone is hoodie mellow right now because there's no pressure from the fan base. You're not hanging on every shot like that. So these guys might have a little bit more confidence in in the way that they're playing. So it might come down to more than just, hey, traditionally LeBron James knows how to deal with the crowd or, or, you know, the Lakers have this advantage or these teams have these great home court advantages. That's just not going to matter. It might come down to who's most comfortable playing in these quiet environments and who can get hot, like you're saying, and stay hot without the pressure of the fan base. And I think that's going to change what the outcome of these series looks like. And look, we saw Milwaukee lose a game earlier today that they have no business losing to the Orlando Magic. Maybe we'll see more of that down the line. Yeah, and and their team I look at, you know, no favorites at all in the East. I actually like Toronto coming out of it, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens, man. Very interesting to, to say the least. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, having been there before in Toronto might give them the edge and the momentum. I'm saying, hey, we know how to deal with adversity. Our backs are against the wall. But Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, they have guys that we know can hit big shots. Pascal Siakam can take over a series. They did it last year. So just having done it before, we probably can't count them out at this point. Losing Gordon Hayward to Boston uh, with Boston for the rest of the year is going to be a big loss for them. So 
Uh, there's a lot going on. Houston looks great as they're playing yeah. the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they can certainly hit shots all game long. So, yeah, this is going to be it, – it's going to be hard to place a favor on who's going to win it all in this year. True indeed, man. Well, Ben, I, I definitely appreciate you coming by and giving us some time. Um, second time on the show, man. Second time on the show. So uh, th- thanks again for your insights, and we'll, we'll definitely catch up soon. Please let the fans know where uh, they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. You can read me at kslsports.com. And, yeah, I imagine there's going to be a more Jazz Knicks connections coming up in the future. So uh <laughs> Absolutely, man. Ben, take it easy. See ya. All right, that was um, Ben Anderson, a.k.a. at Ben's Hoops. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you, boy. We had a little bit of um, technical difficulties on the YouTube side. So uh, YouTube, forgive me, there was a um, a new change in the YouTube dashboard. So um, it doesn't seem like the stream connected to YouTube, but we are on Facebook. So salute to everybody on Facebook and um, we will work out the YouTube connection shortly. Definitely got to get ready for that because uh, we have the lottery draft live stream coming up as well on Thursday. So we got a big show coming up Thursday. Jonathan Macri, Knicks Film School, JL Snicker Time Show. We have Schwinney from Posting and Toasting. We have uh, Hardwood Herald, Corey Talba, and we have uh, Spencer Perlman. Spencer Perlman, the scout, coming on, so it's going to be a monster show. We're going to start the show about 8.15 Eastern time and uh, go right through it, man. We're going to run off these the selections, see where the Knicks pick. Right now, they have a 50% chance of picking 7th or 8th, about a 9% chance of cracking in the top three or getting the number one pick, 9% chance. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it, we'll see how the luck, luck of the bulls play out, luck of the lottery bulls play out for the Knicks. But, um, but tonight's show, Hey, we, we, um, are talking about, um, Johnny Bryant and, and his addition to the Knicks and what that means going forward. And, and, you know, again, people want to make the linkage between him and, uh, Donovan Mitchell. You also have Walt Perrin here, Donovan Mitchell's uh, um, advanced scout when he was at Utah, the guy that chose Donovan Mitchell for their draft, and obviously Leon Rose's old agent. So there's a lot of um, dots that people want to connect, but I I think you're selling this guy's developmental journey and, and his grind short. You know, this is a guy that the players respect. This is a guy that um, so many of the Jazz players swear by from Paul Millsap. Gordon Hayward says he's not an all-star without Johnny Bryan's assistant. You have Damian Lillard, who was working out with him privately. Um, I think his story is is, is, uh, highly inspiring as well. You know, this is a guy, as Ben said, he played overseas for a year, couldn't cut it. He was a bit of an undersized guard, comes back to Utah. His mom was sick. He has a fiance in Utah, wanted to settle down, comes back to Utah and just starts a journey as a um, a private trainer. You know, he's going up against Ronnie Price in, in pickup games. All of a sudden, um, Ronnie Price enlists him to train him. He was impressed with with Johnny Bryan enough that he wanted it to him to, to be his trainer. Then comes Paul Millsap and his brother along. Ty Corbin, the old coach of the Utah Jazz, enlists him to train his family. And then the Utah Jazz GM, Dennis Lindsay, enlists Johnny Bryan to train his kids as well. Ultimately, that he parlays that into a player development position with the Utah Jazz. So, 
you know, highly, you know, commendable in terms of his grind. And and now here he is, a 32-year-old associate head coach for the New York Knicks. And so what does that mean going forward? Because a lot of us had wondered what was going to happen with um, number one, Mike Woodson, and number two, Mike Miller. So from a Woodson standpoint, uh, what, they're, what we're hearing is that um, Woodson is still... Um, being considered for a, a role on the bench. They're saying Woodson is still likely to to have a, a position on the bench. Mike Miller, not so much. Mike Miller is not expected to be retained. What they're saying is that Mike Miller is uh, going to go out and look for other coaching positions. And if he does not find one that uh, suits his style, then he uh, will could accept another position with the Knicks in a player development role. You know, Berman had mentioned that a long time ago uh, when the coaches search first started, saying that uh, they would like to have Mike Miller back in a, uh, you know, player development type of role. But it seems like Mike Miller wants to go at it and find another coaching job. Obviously, he was interim coach here for a number of games with the hiring of Johnny Bryant and the hiring of Kenny Payne. Obviously, Mike Miller is, is now going to be considered to be the third head assistant coach on the bench. Maybe with Woodson here, he'll be the fourth. So Mike Miller probably says, you know, he doesn't want it that much of a demotion. He's going to look to see if he can be the the number one assistant coach or maybe he looks into a head coaching job. I'm not so sure, but he's going to go out and look for better opportunities elsewhere. I don't blame him. Would love to have him on board. Certainly don't blame him. But uh, as it looks now, it's it's gonna you're gonna have Johnny Bryant, you're gonna have Kenny Payne, you'll likely have Mike Woodson, and maybe another person or, or two to to kind of round this out. But again, you have to applaud the investment in player development that they're going with. Yes, you can tie the Johnny Bryant, you know, linkages to to Donovan Mitchell along with Perrin and along with Rose, and be skeptical. Johnny Bryant is also a CAA client, so. Take that for what you will, but, uh, you know, at least from a resume standpoint, these guys are, are coming um, uh, highly touted, um, much respected around the league, and, and praised, praised by guys like Donovan Mitchell or the Kentucky contingent when it comes to Kenny Payne, the Kentucky alumni when it comes to Kenny Payne. So, again, yes, there is reason to be skeptical, but... At the same time, you have to applaud the Knicks for really from top to bottom, obviously, except for Dolan, but from top to bottom, really trying to shake things up, trying to shake things up. And and like I said, let's not we're not going to worry about free agents or big names. So we, we got to we have to build the house first. If you build it, they will come, whether it's trade or free agency, build the foundation first establish your assets, your draft picks, whether they're here for the future or, you know, you're developing them for a future trade down the road. If they, if they don't necessarily fit what you, what your plans are going forward, build it from within and then figure out who you're going to bring in on the outside. And, and I think that that's just it. So once again, Johnny Bryant, 32 year old, a new associate head coach of the New York Knicks. I'm going to um, troubleshoot what's going on with YouTube. Uh, apologies to all those on YouTube that are going to be watching this on the replay. We'll have the replay up, but salute to everybody on Facebook that caught it. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that like button on Facebook as well. And we will see you guys this Thursday. This Thursday night, 
8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. CP, Jay Ellis, Jonathan Macri, Spencer Perlin, Schwinney from Posting and Toasting, um, uh, Alex, uh, Corey Talib of the Hardwood Herald as well, NBA Draft Lottery, live stream, mega show. Obviously, we're going to count down to the lottery and then, uh, you know, take your reactions after that as well with some giveaways. We got an action-packed show, so don't miss it. We'll have everything working back up and running for YouTube as well. So uh, right now I'm going to sign off, troubleshoot, and make sure everything's working on Thursday. So for those of you watching the replay, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. I'll see you Thursday. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.